Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Welcome to Genderful with Dungeon Meowster. I'm Dungeon Meowster, your host, and I use they, them pronouns. And today we have special guest Josen Starr here with us, who is going to talk about gender abolition. Hello, Josen. Hello. I'm glad you're here. In a moment, I'm going to switch to our interview screen where your camera is actually visible. But I just wanted to quickly do my little sort of gender journal for the week, if you will. So... Just the couple things that I've noticed that have been interesting or different this lately is I'm realizing that my, so my testosterone is a gel that I put on my like upper chest and arms. And I'm noticing like this muscle right here is getting bigger, but all of these muscles down here are not. And it's because the T's is local. It's not like an injection or whatever in my body. And so it's only changing certain parts of my bod, which is surreal. Anyway, so that's an interesting revelation. I think eventually there will be a more sort of global system testosterone experience, but we're just ramping up on the T. And that, that is, yeah, sort of the fascinating thing that I learned recently. So what else did I want to share? I would like to share, I've been using the this thing called minoxidil which is basically rogaine it's rogaine but not the brand rogaine and i've been putting it here and it here and i realized yesterday that on people assigned male at birth who have testosterone in their bodies the first time they go through puberty they also tend to grow here like down here and i haven't been putting the minoxidil down here and i'm trying to decide if i'll do that or not i think for now i'm choosing not but Maybe I'll change my mind later. And the testosterone will cause hair growth in general, probably down there as well. But if I'm choosing where the beard is going to grow, for now I'm choosing through here. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what else to say for my check-in. That's all I can think of off the top of my head right now. But that's my little trans journey check-in for the week. More rainbow! So here we go. Here's our scene. There's our friend Josen. Hello! Hello, hello. Let's see. Let me make sure we can hear you. Maybe I've got something goofy. Do you, would you start with a, just an intro? Who are you? What's your deal? What is my deal? That's a good question. That's always a good My deal is constantly changing. Hi, everyone. I'm Josen Star. I am a recently identified non-binary autistic streamer. I like to do lots of focus on neurological and like psychological theory with lots of smatterings of sociological theory because those things are not really separable. I like to do art and games. I've been doing a lot of focus on animation recently and so yeah just trying to do peer support, autism awareness, mental health awareness. So yeah trying to build a super great community of people and help other people learn about neat stuff that I have also learned. Yay! I hope that works. I, I, uh, interdict, uh, I am autism. Yeah, I am autism too. <laughs> it's also autism awareness slash acceptance, depending on who you ask. Month. It is. So I feel like 
having you as a guest this month is extra on point. And because I was multitasking, if you shared your pronouns, my brain dropped them right out of my head. Oh, I did not. Thanks for reminding me. My pronouns are he, they. I will very likely get into my personal gender identification during this conversation. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Pronouns are a whole thing that I would love to talk about. Yeah. They're on my discussion wish list. I'm also making you a little title card so we can see your name and pronouns on screen the whole time. Cool. Hooray. Also, if you couldn't tell, I'm a huge fan of JoJo Bizarre Adventure. That's awesome. Love that. Yeah. I, I've i gone through some some revamps here and there, but my channel aesthetic is basically... Like, it, it, at a time, it was like uh, communist JoJo Final Fantasy, and now it's pretty much just JoJo Final Fantasy. I love that. This is awesome. <clears throat> Shall we start with the first question on our list today? Sure. Okay, so the first one I have is what is gender abolition? What is that? It's actually a more complicated question to answer than I would have guessed. I, most everything I do is very autodidactic, very self-taught, very little of, of what I get comes from any kind of like clinical academic perspective, not directly anyway. So when I started to try and find something that could more aptly define the idea of gender abolition, it was not as easy as I thought it would be. There doesn't seem to be a concrete definition for what gender abolition is, but the general idea of gender abolition <clears throat> is that gender is a, is a dichotomy that is inherently rooted in the oppression um, of women and the dominance of men, and that the only way to eliminate the qualifiers of those two categories is to eliminate the categories altogether. It's probably the best definition I could give. I like that. And that that makes me think of times when I've told folks I wish that all bathrooms were just all gender bathrooms. Yeah. Because I think folks who maybe stand to pee and are less mindful about what a mess they're making. If they realize everyone can see it, not just the other stand-to-peeing folks, they might actually be tidier. There's like sort of a boys' locker room mentality that I've noticed, because as a trans-masculine-ish person, one of my greatest anxieties or dislikes is that someday people expect me to use the men's room, and I really don't want to. It sounds gross. It's a terrible <laughs> place. The The complete, like disposition of men to treat a bathroom as anything other than a very large trash can is just not something I've ever really understood. Yeah, It's not that hard to aim, guys. Just do it. It's not mm -hmm. that hard. You're not drunk even. Like, you're just an asshole. Yeah, pretty much all of the the theories on gender abolition that I could find were, were primarily predicated on systems of, of, of oppression, mm -hmm. which I generally agree with. Again, as I've kind of mentioned to you already, that a lot of my personal view on gender abolition comes from some some theories that a very good friend of mine have has developed. She calls it light switch theory, and it's very deeply rooted in like dualistic cosmology and also like Zoroastrianism. So, like in the United States um, and in many other Western cultures, the practical example of this is Christianity. Like the the very first story of humanity. Humanity that involves 
a woman dooming the entirety of the human race to potential damnation. Like, the Bible sets up the dichotomy of men and women to be something very rigid that is has proliferated itself throughout our society pretty much indefinitely. And like the light switch theory posits this dualistic cosmology idea that it's like a trickle down that from things like Zoroastrianism, we we've been still and like it's taught in schools it's a big part of our, our education system that things have opposites and it's parallel with this like good and bad like good versus bad good versus evil kind of structure when you posit that everything has an opposite which is uh nonsense because the opposite of anything is nothing like things can't have an opposite because the opposite of anything is no thing it, it, it's essentially a thinking error that our society is piggybacked on that that if you ascribe equality to something then there must be an opposite thing that is the, the like the quality of not that but like container theory if you've ever heard of that is is very like, covers this it's basically that if you if you have two hats and you put a a marble in 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 one hat then that hat must be like a marble haver and then the other hat m must not have a marble because it's it's a, not a marble container that's like the thought process that like when looking at two items you can set them across from each other and, and say that one thing has qualities and that because the other thing does not have those qualities it is its opposite so what basically happens when it comes to gender and these ideas is that there are qualities that we ascribe to men and women by inherency that is complete nonsense. I thought I had this image pulled up, but I didn't. Give me a moment. I have it on my phone. Just to, to pick out a few because I don't want to go down the whole list. Many traits of masculinity that have long time been ascribed are logic, focus, integrity, passion, discipline, strength, and using this thinking error, which most people do, you could not ascribe those traits to the man's opposite, which is a woman, under this thinking error, right? So then the woman can't be logical, she has to be empathetic. The woman can't have integrity, she must have flow. She can't have strength, she must have loving kindness. Things of these kinds of nature. When in reality, like, the, the dimorphic structure of, like, human beings is one of the lowest among all species on the planet. Like, we are sexually dimorphic, and that's pretty much where the buck stops. Like, there is some marginal changes in, in in brain function due to hormonal changes, but it's pretty minuscule in terms of like overall brain function, in terms of capability of like pattern recognition, pattern matching, and like emotion concept development, and like I recognizing impermanence and object permanence, things of this nature. Like there's very little difference in, in actual brain function. So what this entire list is just a list of human traits and we have decided because we created a, a cult of gender that we've deemed to be dichotomous that each 
group must have inherent traits. And because our entire society is predicated on a patriarchal system of dominance, all of the traits that would provide you with a path to self-actualization and power are attributed to men. And all the traits that would provide you with a path to subjugation and subservience to that self-actualization and power are attributed to women. Mm -hmm. It is my belief that mm -hmm. it is rooted so deep in our society and the way that we have developed our culture that you cannot separate the dichotomous nature of this these these boxes without eliminating the this like the structure altogether in my studies in college and grad school one of the things that i studied was religion and culture and so looking at what are the different perspectives of peoples around the world and there's this particular i don't know if i would call him a theologian i would say he was a scholar who studied the sort of the patterns and the meaning making devices within each religion and compared them and so things like all religions having a certain symbol or a certain figure, some sort of spiritual figure or like an exemplar that's the person for that particular tradition. I just noticed that we... Did, that, did the stream crash? Let's see. Oh, it says live. Okay. They're, they're, because human beings are so meaning-making, we, we look for those dichotomies. It's part of how our brains are wired. And so I I appreciate what you were saying about how you have to remove the dichotomy from existence in order to get rid of the, the roles altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the, the insinuation with the light switch theory is that's actually not our natural mode of thinking. And it's a thinking error that was either consciously or unconsciously co-opted by the power structures in our society and it's pretty much what every single cult like is predicated on is that if you position yourself opposite of the evil thing then you must be good it's everywhere it's in political systems it's in religious systems it's it's what gender is or it's how gender functions there are even entire movements of feminism that have um, found themselves predicated in that 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 sense that because they have enlightened themselves and removed themselves from like the the heterosexual power dynamic then like they're superior and though that was like early contemporary feminist movement yeah. yeah 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 i think i wanted to wrap that back around to something and i lost it that's okay yeah so i'm gonna do a verbal reminder to the audience thankfully the the mods have been reminding folks but if you have any questions on these topics you can either post them here in the twitch chat and a mod will plunk them into our AMA space in the general chat, or you can hop in the Discord and submit your questions yourself. And let me see, we did have a question last week, although I guess it is, what is both of your opinions on gender abolitionism? So that's this whole topic is our opinions on. I love it. Let's see. So I have four questions that are all tangled up. So it's almost like asking the same question pretty often, but I think there are, maybe in asking them these different ways, we'll stumble into something interesting or different. So one question I have is, what does gender abolition look like in public? And the other one is, what does it look like in private? Like in the public sphere versus the private sphere. So like gender abolition in your home, gender abolition 
in public spaces that are being designed, community spaces, uh, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think probably one of the most important aspects to highlight when it comes to gender abolition is that it is a restructuring of education systems and tradition, probably first and foremost. Mm -hmm. All of us, meaning us adults here, have already been socialized within a gendered structure that we cannot be separated from. So everything that is important to you that is a part of your non-binary identification is a product of how you were socialized within the gender structure growing up and how you've chosen to rebel against that or reclaim whatever aspects of that that gender that you, you wanted, that maybe you were um, not allowed to indulge in at the time. I've just as an example, like my entire life, like I've always found stuff like makeup and like nice hair and tight clothes to have no like feminine implications to them, but it was heavily frowned upon in my home for me to be wearing makeup, eyeliner, to color my hair, to have hair that was too long, to wear tight jeans, any of that kind of stuff. So like in adulthood, I've chosen to reclaim those aspects of masculinity. But yeah, there there are aspects of um, all of us that we really can't undo because of how we were socialized. So the one of the probably the most important aspect of it like publicly is that we would remove assigning gender at birth that's just not a thing we would do it's just like it, you just wouldn't do it you wouldn't replace it with anything you just you would just remove assigning gender at birth and then you would no longer box children into gender it is it's already weird enough that that we separate like sexually active children like supposedly sexually active children children in, per in like through pu puberty by gender and sex but it's especially strange that we would separate children that do not have functioning sex organs as though there are any implications that could come of like them being together in any kind of coexisting space so that that's a big part of it do not segregate boys and girls boys and girls like you just don't like you just remove that segregation and uh, and then you already mentioned it just get rid of segregated bathrooms you just have bathrooms you just you just have bathrooms that have stand up and stalls if you've ever been in a men's restroom all restrooms would just look like that you just have a few urinals and you have a few stalls it's it's, it's pretty straightforward and then I think that, I guess a good word to put it would be like, federally, you would just eliminate the use for the use of pronouns because with gender abolition, the use of neo pronouns could get quite explosive to the degree that there could be entire social groups that exist that use neo pronouns that are not like familiar in other groups. And it, it could lead to government forms that have 75 neo pronouns on them. So you would probably just do away with pronouns as like government identifiers. I don't even really see the need for pronouns as government identifiers. Just use my name. I don't need you to identify my gender, to identify me. To identify. You already have my fingerprints and algorithmically identifiable picture of my face. What do you need a, yeah. What do you need my pronouns for? Privately, I guess this gen would generally get more into like family roles, right? So it would just 
I think that this is kind of goes more hand in hand with what I had said about we can't really break away from how we've been socialized as adults, but it would proliferate into the next few generations as we eliminate structures of roles in the home to where people could more fluidly and comfortably establish what they want their roles in the home to be completely regardless of of their biological sex and it would in my mind more effectively be based on identifying each individual's strengths and having that individual provide in the home based on those strengths as opposed to roles that have been ascribed to them because of culture and tradition yeah we don't have uh, gendered bathrooms in our homes at least certainly <laughs> i've even considered the idea of just, just abolishing urinals like as far as I can tell, the only reason urinals exist are to save water. I literally can't imagine any other reason they exist. It's not easier for me to use a urinal than it is for me to use a toilet. Mm -hmm. I prefer to use toilets, actually. I hate urinals. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Oh, lots of juicy things you've said here. I've been taking a couple of notes. There That's is good. a... There's a like private community that I'm in that gathers once a year and we have all gender neutral bathrooms. There's no like women's bathroom and then gender neutral bathroom. It's just all gender neutral bathrooms. Yeah. And it's so relieving to just know you can just go in and use the thing and no one's going to give you a hard time and tell you you don't pass to be in that bathroom, wherever you are. It's really cool. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, it's okay. Cool. Yeah, no, and I, I think gendered bathrooms is probably one of the weirder aspects of the oppressive cult, because it, it, like, the existence of gendered bathrooms is entirely predicated on the oppressive system existing. It's almost a weird acknowledgement by our society that there is an oppressive power dynamic between um, men and women that has to be accounted for. Because if a man and a woman end up in the same bathroom, then somebody's about to be oppressed. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't track. Bathrooms are inherently, like, private spaces. Like, if we turned all bathrooms into the structure of women's bathrooms, there would certainly be no issue. I am horribly uncomfortable with peeing next to another person at a urinal. It's just uncomfortable. I've never wanted to stand that close to somebody while I peed. I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea. So yeah, this idea that it's inherently an invasion of someone's privacy to exist in the same bathroom space just makes very little sense to me. I cannot fathom why having somebody that identifies differently than you in the stall next to you would have any inclination on how safe you feel as an individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the questions we got in our AMA channel on Discord is how do we move towards gender abolition? If this was education, a sales pitch and you've sold us all on it, how do we get there from here? Education first and foremost. So we, we would we would probably because more than anywhere else, there there cannot be any like societal or cultural backlash like within the space that it exists as functionally as it would in elementary schools. Just because any of the, the power dynamics that do actually exist within our culture don't exist in that space, right? Like five-year-old like AMAB folks 
don't actually have that much power over five-year-old AFAB folks. They just don't. Like functionally, five-year-olds are five-year-olds. And yeah, and that's that kind of comes back to me saying that like we have already been socialized a certain way. So it it has to start with establishing new generations of people that are not socialized to segregate themselves based on gender, because that's really what we're teaching children to do is to segregate themselves based on gender. We do it for them and then they learn to do it themselves. Internalized oppression. Yeah. And then of course, like there's, there's like otherization that occurs because of that. There's this, this kind of, I don't want to say mystery because that, I don't think that's a really good word to use here, but it does, there's this like sense of mystique that happens between the like two groups of segregation. And of course there's like further ostracization of anybody that doesn't fit into the two categories. And if we don't segregate them, then they'll understand each other better. Like sexual health for teenagers will be a lot better. Like the, yeah, the weird way that, that we segregate them and and then expect them to play nice when they become adults is very strange. Yeah. So education first, establishing new generations of folks that aren't socialized to self-segregate is mm-hmm. your recommended first step. Yeah. Does that mean all of us yeah, non-binary would... pals should go have babies and raise them right? <laughs> if, uh, yeah. If you, I don't <laughs> want children. I can't even begin to imagine raising a child. I can hardly take care of myself most days. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. I, I feel like yeah. the folks who are on the cutting edge of gender are often not the folks having children one way or another, right? Like adopting. Yeah, what have right, you. right. And I think part of that is because the self-care of someone who is gender non-conforming, especially in a world with so many binaries and so many cultural expectations, is so like heavy and oppressive it's so much work just to be alive and to take care of ourselves that the thought of taking care of another entity is daunting um yeah i have stepkids and i mean so that's cool like i see them every uh, weekend and that's about the amount of spoons i have (laughs) my only sibling is also non-binary and has been very openly expressive even before they knew that they were non-binary that under no circumstances will they be bearing any children and we've even had like a conversation together about how one day at like at a christmas or something we're just gonna have to sit our mom down and be like listen mom you're not getting any grandbabies it's just not happening sorry and i don't know it's i think it's probably more in the cards for me than it is for them but i just i have so much work on myself that needs to happen before i could even remotely consider taking care of a small human being yeah, and the small human beings, they're so deserving of attention and love and support. Certainly, I don't hate children or anything. I just don't want one. Yeah. Like, I have plenty of friends that have kids, and I've seen what it's like. I can't do it. Nope. Yeah. yeah. There was one other thing I wanted to touch on about what gender abolition would look like in public as okay. well. And this could even go, as a, I feel like this one would actually be pretty easily implemented across the whole spectrum, is eliminating any segregation of the, like the first that comes to mind are like sports teams and like sports leagues. But yeah, it, any kind of activity, any kind of competitive activity 
any anything that it, it of that type of nature, any recreational experience that is typically segregated by gender, just stop that shit. Just restructure it to not be that way. No men's football, women's football, like just football. No, don't d- yeah, don't have women's football. That doesn't make sense. Have do it like like wrestling and other fighting leagues have have weight categories Mm -hmm. and then the amab folks that aren't six foot five and 300 pounds can play sports too if somebody that 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 was assigned male at birth and is five five 115 pounds and is obsessed with football like they can't play football they would literally die create a weight category for people that are between five foot four and five foot eight and 110 to 160 pounds or something i don't know i don't know what weight categories are typically like in in contact sports but but yeah just eliminate the segregation of of recreational activities like i think opening the scouts mm-hmm. was like a really cool thing that happened like everybody was up in arms and i was like whoa what's wrong with not boys wanting to go rough it out in the woods what why are you so not okay with that yeah i i was probably the only person i knew at the time like when that happened that wasn't like enraged i stopped talking to a lot of people around that time Because I think that was also around the time that the whole transgender people not being in the military thing was happening. And yeah, I had a lot of people in in my my circles that had some pretty choice words. Yeah. Yeah, just stop segregating people by gender. Stop doing it. If we don't need to. It's not an efficient structure of doing things trying to think about what else would look different in a world where gender is abolished and obviously we wouldn't have gender reveal parties what a joke that is yeah uh sexuality mm-hmm. sexuality would change pretty drastically and this is actually one that i have not explored like this kind of section of gender abolition is something i have not explored quite as much but sexuality would change drastically mm-hmm. because how we define sexual attraction would change how we define sexual attraction is already changing i think yeah it's yeah, just straight all, wouldn't it's be a thing just all queer yeah yeah <laughs> and like we're already like straight has been like soft redefined already because i think that it, at least it seems to me that growing up there was a pretty hard al- alignment with like heteros or just not even not just heterosexuality but any like monosexuality being heavily tied to the genitalia of the gender you're attracted to and we are already seeing a restructuring and a redefinition of that idea with the trans and non-binary movement where this idea of being straight and not caring what genitals your partner has is becoming normalized. And I think that it's very possible that if we eliminated gender altogether, the way that we identified our own sexuality would like radically change. 
because genitalia would wouldn't even be a precept and body structure might not even be a precept it might be entirely predicated on how you were socialized just as an individual take all the things that you love about your partner that are tied to their like their gender and sexuality and just remove that from the picture and that's how we would likely view sexuality in the future i'm wondering if it would if we'd see a shift from the sort of straight versus queer type identities to thinking more about folks who are allosexual versus asexual. Like people who are less mm-hmm. oriented mm-hmm. towards like sex, the activity and more towards other forms of attraction, that whole thing. Yeah. I, it's certainly possible that the way that we identify sexual attraction or romantic attraction would be entirely predicated on individuality. And there would no longer, like, it's possible that gender abolition could lead to sexual orientation abolition Mm -hmm. because you wouldn't have an orientation because it would become so individualized that you wouldn't be able to categorize it. We would all be some sort of pan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it... It could potentially lead to people being maybe a little more selective about the types of people that that they're involved with romantically or sexually, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially as someone who's autistic. Like, I might be alone forever (laughs) (laughs) just because I'm highly selective of the type of people that I would be willing to live in a home with, let alone sleep in the same bed with and experience my life with for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And I wonder, too, what some or any of this would mean for folks who want to have kids versus folks who are ambivalent or not interested in having kids. If gender, if pronouns, if all of those pieces fall away in some number of generations and we're raising children to just be children and not segregating them and teaching them to self-segregate, I wonder what the evolution of our reproductive process would come to. I wonder if we would choose to externalize it in some sort of sci-fi space way and everyone just donates some genetic material thing. I don't know. How curious of you to ask, because that is an entire like part of gender abolition theory. So there is an idea called post-genderism. It's more of a... It's like an offshoot of post-humanism and like transhumanism that's eliminating gender and by proxy eliminating gender roles giving better reproductive rights to currently people assigned female at birth doing more and better research after giving that liberation to to women and other afab folks that yeah we would just eliminate the the need for biological reproduction and we could just yeah we would just do like external incubation like artificial insemination because if we could why wouldn't we and there are so there's a lot of spooky discussions happening around that because it gets really gets on the line with some eugenics type stuff because 
if you're it, it, it gets in line with what a lot of people were hoping CRISPR was going to be able to do and if we have the ability to alter the genome should we or would we if we can identify like developmental disorders and health defects that are prevalent in the birth process would we want to fix them and it, it gets into a lot of erasure stuff which is not cool but Especially yeah that, that is an entire people that's a whole other conversation isn't it, it? Yeah, exactly. Especially as somebody that is autistic and I can have that retroactive thought of, oh, if that was available to my mother and like, then I wouldn't have been born. That's not cool. Which is just as a complete and total aside, like funny counter to the like realization that I've had that it probably would have been better for most parties involved, like literally all parties involved, except for me, if I wasn't born. I've had that conversation quite a few times just because just like the fact, like the objective factors involved with my existence leading into what my mother had to deal with and the struggles that followed like definitely one of those situations that's maybe you should have made a different choice but uh that's neither here nor there because <laughs> things happened the way they did and they couldn't have happened any other way because that's how reality is so trying to think of anything else i wanted to cover are there any other theories could you share the names of the theories you've like the thinking and error, what was that theory called? So that that is an autodidactic theory developed by my friend Jane the Message. She calls it light switch theory. It's very heavily influenced and informed on from like dualistic cosmology and container theory or containment theory. I think it's containment theory. And Jane the Message is a streamer. People could actually go follow Jane also. Yes, Jane the Message out. is super dope. She's an autistic streamer, rapper, dancer, clown. Yep, she's all those things. Yeah, she does really awesome like autism, peer support, awareness type stuff. She streams her special interests. Nice. She's cool. She's the one that helped me realize discover that I'm autistic. Yeah, so there is gender abolitionism, which is the one that I typically am more ascribed to which is mostly uh, pretty much entirely informed by feminism and that to obviously you can extrapolate it and clearly I have but it's primarily that women are oppressed to remove them from the the oppressed class uh, you must remove the classification of woman and if there is no oppressed class for the oppressor to oppress then by proxy that classification will also disappear there is gender nihilism which I'm less familiar with but it has less of a view of like gender being like an oppressive hierarchy and involves non-binary genders and gender as a structure being linked by differing power relations and but still fundamentally insists that gender causes harm and that gender uh, and that harm is conceptually linked to gender categories and then i think that the third one would be post-humanism or po post-genderism and then there are like there's some links to like gender abolitionism and and like colonialism which is something to consider i think really anytime that we invent an uh, like a theory in the west we have to consider colonialism because anytime we're trying to spread ideas from the west it's it's always going to come from a colonialist perspective so we mm -hmm. have to consider colonialism and be aware of that whenever we're trying to disseminate theories and ideas yeah I love it. And then, oh, I, 
there does like seem a to be lecture. I'm learning so much. <laughs> There, there was definitely the thought of uh, that I had that I'm like, ah, this is just a TED talk. There, there seems to be, and this is just an observation that I've made. It might not even be as prevalent as it appears to be just based on my searches, just like my scavenger hunting for information. <clears throat> that they're the largest group of people that are gender aware and are typically opposed to gender abolition seem to be groups of transgender folks and yes sorry binary trans folks and there's likely some for lack of a better way to put it some like gender euphoria type implications involved there the liberation that that comes with discovering identifying and then actualizing your binary transgender i could see how the euphoria and the liberation that comes with that that self-discovery might cause some some clashing with the idea of then eliminating this thing that that kind of gave you a sense of self-worth and and liberation and freedom yeah i feel like there's still even if gender as a construct was abolished in the ways that we've been discussing there's still like people still want to look certain ways and imagine if Mm -hmm. gender presentation became a grab bag and you saw more people doing the the gender fluid or the gender fuck the yes and the person with a beard and a skirt and makeup and muscles and painted toenails and whatever yeah yes and and there would still be room for people to dress according to whatever they felt comfortable presenting and i wonder if it would go from like the gender euphoria of passing to the like self-actualized euphoria of being oneself fully Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely vibe with that. And yeah, that would be the general idea is, is that anything that we currently classify or identify as as like a gender expression would just become it would just become rolled into your individualized self-expression. So it, you would just remove like gender and biological sex from the equation entirely. And now you are completely free to express yourself as you see fit, just period. Like, yeah. how, however you want to do it, go for it. And yeah, I would love to see a world uh, where we provide people with that much expressive freedom. Like, I like only coming just started... Would... Coming out would stop being a thing. What yeah, a you would just be, be like... Yeah, in, that, in this, like, utopian vision, like, you would just always be the thing that you are. And you're constantly going to be affirmed in however you want to express that. I only just started, like painting my nails a couple of months ago and it was like the most surprisingly like freeing thing that I've ever done to express myself I, I don't know if you can really see it but like this specific color you probably really can't see the sparkles specifically makes me feel like an ice princess that's probably the best one just like that yeah no that's the best way is an ice princess I'm like I don't want to say Elsa because that sounds weirdly cliche, but it's just got this, I don't know. And and that's something I'm very comfortable in and it makes me feel cute and expressive and that's awesome. And like, I started with black, that's it. Like I, I started with the color black and then immediately was like, I need to go get another color cause I need some variety. 
Yeah. And I walked out with four other colors and two of them were were sparkly. And yeah, like it's just it's If I could have sparkle rainbow nails and not get misgendered, I would be so thrilled. There's another example of the oppression of a binary gender system. It's just and even like medically, like trying to like being trans and taking HRT and doing those pieces, one of my one of my doctors used a form letter to advocate for me for my HRT and tell the insurance company like, hey, this person is trans for real. And it all had, it had he, him pronouns all over it. And my pronouns are they and them. So I was getting misgendered, but it was the opposite wrong gender. But still, it's just, oh goodness. Like even the trans oh, healthcare goodness. providers are just, yeah. there's not, there's like non-binary is so far down the path of non-cisgender options that people struggle to catch up and so then gender abolition feels like it's even further down the path like like yeah, a two no, or three I... lifetime can kick down the path of like the... until maybe even people our age are all died off yeah no i'd be pretty hard pressed <laughs> to, to see any real movement in in the direction of gender abolition before i'm dead it'd be nice but culturally i just don't think we're that far i do think that there's Potentially a notion that culture is moving faster than it ever has. But I think the internet has played a huge role in that. I agree. I think that the free exchange of information is allowing us to learn things about one another faster than we ever could. And it's giving a voice to minorities in a way that they never had. Mm-hmm. Like a really common like transphobic kind of position is this idea that the, the trans agenda only just popped up 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's mm-hmm. just like, we have documentation of trans people thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. just for thousands of years. Yeah. Like, the, like we, we have like clear indication that there were transgender people in ancient Egypt. It's, it's been around for a long time. Trans people have been around for a very long time. And it's only with the age of information that, that they're able to really have a voice, uh, which is rad. That's very cool. Just need to get the neoliberal fucks and the conservative pieces of shit to get with the program or leave the planet. Preferably the second one. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine like planets for people with different perspectives? Like we have countries now. Oh, but, no. oh that'll be a thing one day, probably. Oh no. I like, I was just like, we'll I literally just had the have the blue planet of, like, and the red planet. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> what strange dystopian sci-fi have we imagined? A planet that? where all the like <laughs> a, a a planet where all of the the like conservatives <laughs> and like I just cuz I just had the the like imaginary thought in my head that like, y'all want to go with Elon Musk to Mars so bad, fucking do it. And then <laughs> I started thinking about how oh, they would just conquer us. Because we we would spend our entire like we would spend generations upon generations like building like the the most um, like amazing so, uh, like society of like accepting learning like growing individuals and they would just be manufacturing nukes the whole time. Wow. Okay, I just depressed myself with uh, <laughs> a highly unlikely dystopian future. Future that's, for today. <laughs> I think that's enough future for today. Definitely. <laughs> I resonate with that. Is there anything else you want to discuss today before we wrap up and start working on a raid? Um, 
I guess not particularly. I said that I was gonna talk about my own gender expression and then I didn't. So I guess I could put some clarity on that. Sure. So specifically as an autistic person, like gender is just always been a fuck. Like it's just, I just never really felt the need to like heavily identify with what it means to be a man. Like mm -hmm. manhood was never really something I felt like I needed to identify with. Yeah, I like, I don't know. I, th there's definitely things I was socialized to identify with, but most of them are sexual in nature and there's like other complications involved there. Mm -hmm. But especially within the last six months or so, I'd say closer to the last 12 months or so, but especially within the last six months, I didn't change my title. <laughs> I'm silly. I just started to, to like really realize that I have no interest in being identified as a man, but yeah. also I've never dis experienced gender dysphoria in my life. I'm very comfortable in my male body. I'm relatively comfortable with like masculine expression. I think probably the only thing that I really come to have a distaste for is blue jeans. I can't believe I've worn blue jeans like my whole life. They're gross. But I, I had a really interesting conversation with my friend Jane at the park a couple of weeks ago about the idea because I'd been tossing it around a little bit and like I've I've even like fantasized about having a like an alienization, as I might call it, uh, operation where like my sex organs are just removed and whatever part of my brain is is connected to that can just also be removed and i can just not have like just remove sex and gender and romance and intimacy from my existence because i don't need it which is it's completely a fan it's not a thing like that's not how that works but yeah it's just like tossing around a, like a lot of different ideas about what it means to have a gender and to identify with one in today's world and just not wanting to be like never in that the position of i never asked to be a man being a man sounds like it sucks and she was just kind of if i was in your position i would probably also identify as non-binary because she's she identifies as a cis woman and is also a gender abolitionist which mm -hmm. is not common and yeah she was just i would just if for no other reason than to distance myself from the oppressor class that is men i would identify as non-binary and i was like yeah that's i vibe with that I vibe with that really hard yeah that makes sense to me also given the the ties between gender abolition and the feminist theories and movement it would make sense that a cis woman would agree with gender abolition what I would find particularly notable is if a cis man identified with gender abolition. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, because I, yeah, I, I, I cannot imagine like identifying with the power structure that is being a man yeah. and wanting to also abolish that power structure. <sighs> Thank you so much, Josen, for being on stream with us today and talking about things. And I, yeah, I hope this was informative. I loved our, I loved our chat, y'all. In lieu of trying our shoutout commands that aren't working once more, we're actually just gonna go raid Josen. So if you hang out for the raid, you can go follow Josen over on his channel, 
And Josen, what what do you have lined up for stream today? You'd mentioned maybe some party games or something fun and lighthearted, perhaps. We'll probably just do some just chatting to start with, because that's so a lot of my streams just turn into that. I I don't usually stream on Mondays, mm -hmm. so we are off schedule, but we might do a little bit of reading, nice. possibly. Okay. Because I my schedule might be changing because I have a thing I usually do on Monday nights that I might not be doing on Monday nights anymore. But yeah, we'll probably just hang out for a bit. We might do some special interest games. I would be super happy to do any kind of AMA type thing. If you all want to come in and just pick my brain about stuff, I love to do that. It's the thing I really enjoy doing. So I um, yeah, I really appreciate you doing this with me. This was really exciting. Yeah. I hope it was informative. Fun totally informative i have so many notes my brain feels expanded yay <laughs> it's awesome i did a good you did a good you did such a good so dear friends we're gonna go we're gonna go raid josen here's our raid messages because it's fun to do and then any of josen's viewers who have no idea this is happening will be all two of them oh, will be surprised all, by our all two of them fancy yes. buttons yes thank you everyone for um, attending we have our gender stream every Monday, and next week's guest, let me double check, is Brooklyn underscore Michelle. Brooklyn is a, I believe Brooklyn is a trans woman, and we were having a lovely chat in someone else's stream, and I was like, hey, do you want to come be on my show? And I forget if we have figured out what exactly we're talking about next week so i need to get the topic figured out but we do have a guest scheduled for next week and reminders that it there is a slight chance that i may cancel one of our interview streams because of family people passing away thing that's happening so if that happens that is why and i will reschedule with our guests if they're into it yeah brooklyn's coming on yeah it's going to be so awesome we've been having little chats in discord and it's been really lovely i've had such a fun time getting to know people it's so good but for now, let's go say hey to Josen's community. Let's go drop some follows and stuff. Yay. Thanks, everybody. Yay. See you over there. <laughs>